Sometimes it's a victory just to get to church. But when we're here, I'm going to show him whose side I'm on. Amen. Amen. What if you wave to somebody next to you? Why don't you just get acquainted with who's around you? All right. Wonderful. I'll let you have your seats for a moment. I want to welcome you all, greet you all. Nice to see a few visitors among us. Nice to see the regulars. Nice to see some different ones we haven't seen. God bless you all. You're welcome. And those that we don't see, God bless you as well. I want to greet you all this morning and say it's good to be a Christian. It's good to be under the banner of this message. Amen. We're um, moving forward with our services. We have, you know, a number of people here. Um, We're looking to increase those numbers. So you just be praying that we can get together. There's something to be said about getting together with the people of God. We also have a few things that will be coming up that we're trying to plan for. I know we're planning for a graduation here. So you just pray that God will work that out and that we can be able to have those things. We'd also like to have our special meetings at the end of July as well, so you'll be praying for that. Um, we, may have, we may experience a little interruption. Um, we've been dealing for years with the roofing situation in the church, and there's a portion where there's two big mechanical units right on this lower roof here, and we're going to be needing to lift those off as we re-roof and Thank you to the trustees that are working to coordinate all of that. We may have to interrupt our services for uh, a couple of services while they take that off and then while they re-roof that and put that back on. So, uh, but you pray about that, that God will work that out and that, that we can, we can have that if we have to cancel a service because we would have, we had, we had a, we had a, we had weather this last week. We had like 28, 29, 30 degrees on Wednesday and then I woke up freezing yesterday. And uh, my, so depending how the weather is, if we have no air or heat or air, whatever it may be, it might not be comfortable being in church. I mean, I'd love to have church if we could, and we'll see how that works. We'll keep you uh, informed as we do that. I'd like to just play two clips for you this morning. This is just regarding some mission work. Um, this will be, this first clip is just going to be um, in, this is in the northern part of Zambia, and this is a brother who is taking some uh, interpretations. And what you're going to see is him driving through the jungle, going to a church, and he's playing Brother Branham in the background. And you'll, he's, he, you'll, see the, you'll hear the interpretation and Brother Branham's voice. So I, I want us to be appreciative of the message that has gone worldwide. And, th- and in every part of the world. So play this first clip if you can, Brother Ethan. And then, what a difference it was from the vision I had here not long ago of being in glory with the people. The contrast. But I screamed for my daddy. I screamed for my daddy. 
I'm just going. I screamed that to God. There was no God there. There was nothing there. The prophet said, where the messengers is. That's why I heard the most mournful sound that I ever heard. I'm going to dispute books. And it was all the speed. It is the district, northern province of Zambia. There's no way even a literal burn. Any of you complaining about the road drive to church this morning? <laughs> I'll tell you. But isn't it wonderful? In the middle of the jungle, in the middle of nowhere, God's voice to this generation has reached down. Oh, I'm so happy to see that. It does my heart good. It was years ago, Brother Harold and I, we went into Malawi. We, this is in Zambia, but we went into Malawi, and we went into some back uh, roads. And who can ever forget Nasanji, Brother Harold? Who can ever forget Nasanji? Amen. So at any rate, I want to play uh, another part. This is a church. This is the church now, these are believers that have been there, but they have received for the first time in their own language, it's a Bemba language, uh, they have received a church age book, they've received uh, um, Daniel 70 weeks, a man sent from God, and they were so happy. All they've had is the Bible and, and brothers that, that come and minister, but now they can read it, they can see it. So. These, these are our brothers and our sisters that we're going to see on the other side. This is their church singing on, on a Sunday morning. Let's just play the second one. You might be smart, Stand together. Amen. I think we need to join them in that song. 
If you can't sing it in their language, just hum along in your own language, okay? Let's just sing. <laughs> Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people come and dine. Oh, with his manna he doth feed and supplies our every need. Oh, tis sweet to some with Jesus all the time. Oh, come and dine, the master's calling, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. To the hungry call it now. And with Jesus say we'll be eternally Oh, come and dine, the Master's calling Come and dine You may feast at Jesus' table all the time Oh, he who fed the multitude there's food to eat. In a time of famine, we can actually feed our souls on the Word of God. Amen. Thank you to the musicians. Thank you, Brother Ray. I'm going to ask you to turn to your Bibles, Ezekiel chapter 1. Ezekiel chapter 1, if you will. The setting here is the prophet Ezekiel um, by the river Chibar in the land of Babylon. And in, in chapter 1, I won't read all of this, but he gets caught up into the heavenly. There's a whirlwind, and out of that comes a fire with an amber color, which I believe is that pillar of fire. And out of that comes four living creatures, four anointings, and from that a wheel in the middle of a wheel, which is symbolic uh, and a lot of symbols, but this is God doing something, and God's word does not change. His attitude does not change. His pattern does not change. And this is symbolic, but now if we drop down to verse 26, and Ezekiel is catching all that's going on in another realm. He's, he's been built to catch this. And it says in verse 26, and above the firmament was over their heads as the likeness of a throne, as the appearance of a sapphire stone, and upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above it. And I saw as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire round about within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it had a brightness round about. And as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of the rain. How many remember in Revelations 10, verse 1, there came an angel and he had a rainbow over his head. There's a lot of parallels in this reading, so just stay with me. 
So as the appearance of the brightness round about, this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, now this is every prophet. Brother Branham was an excluded. When God came to him, he said it would scare him many times. And here is Ezekiel. And when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard a voice of one that spoke. Now let's just listen as we go right into chapter 2. And he said unto me, Son of man, prophet, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered me when he spoke unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me, and their fathers have transgressed against me, even unto this very day, for they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God. Where is this message coming from? Right from God. Through a prophetic office to the children of Israel. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there has been a prophet among them. And that's where I want to take my title, Yet Shall They Know a Prophet Has Been Among Them. I want to uh, go to prayer. I want to remember this morning Sister Lydia Wild. She's gone to the hospital. She has pneumonia and fluid buildup in, in her lungs. We want to remember her this morning. If you have a need this morning and you just want to be remembered. I, I know I, we, we do that, not for me, but we do that so God can see. And whatever he's more than able. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we want to come to you this morning, Lord, reverencing you and respecting you and honoring you, knowing, Lord, that if we were called to be put into your presence, Lord, without the blood, we would surely, surely be lost, O oh Lord. But, Father, we're thankful this morning for the blood of Jesus Christ. And, oh, God, that that blood covering, it reaches down into Laodicea. It reaches into the midst of a pandemic. It reaches into the midst of when men's minds are going insane. But that blood still speaks for us this morning. How thankful we are, Lord. How thankful I am. For there is none righteous, no, not one, Lord. You alone are righteous. It's not our righteousness. It's filthy rags. But, Lord, your righteousness stands for us. And, Lord, we want to find ourselves clothed with that. Lord, we have needs this morning. We remember Sister Lydia where she is. Lord, we remember her, and we ask that you'll have a, your hand and your care about her, that you will remember her and you will bring healing. You've allowed her to live a long life, Lord, and serve you. I pray that you'd remember her in this hour. Lord, for many hands that were raised, 
There's needs that not one of us can help another, but Lord, you alone can help us. Lord, take the word this morning. Take us aside, Lord, in this generation that we live in, and let us hear, O Lord, from you, and that what you're saying to the churches this morning. Father, we want to hear from you. I want to hear from you, Lord. Lord, not from myself, but Lord, from on heaven, on high. Take us now into your hands. Bless those that are gathered with us in their own homes. We commit this service in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. May have your seats. I'm going to carry on reading in a part of Ezekiel chapter 2. So if you keep your Bibles open, we concluded at verse 5. But now, and before I read that, I would like to just read something that Brother Branham um, said here and, and talking about a prophet going up. And, and he says now, this is in the message, and knoweth it not, sometimes the higher you rise in God, the more sinful the whole thing looks. And then sometimes in prayer you can imagine when the Holy Spirit takes you into a sphere, the whole thing looks chaos. And you come back down, you seem like you're to the people, you're a rascal, you're nothing but an old sarcastic, you're a fool because you stand as an old crank and you're always rebuking the people. But if you climb into one of them spheres one time, where you can be in the presence of God, not through emotion, but through the genuine Holy Spirit lifting up. The whole thing is wrote Ichabod. The glory of the Lord has departed from the whole denominational outfit. That's right. There's none of them that's right. And that would be what Isaiah echoed. Isaiah the prophet when he had looked to a man, he'd looked to a king, King Uzziah had looked up to him, but when that man sinned and Isaiah, you know, he went into the presence of God, he said, I'm undone. I, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell with a people of unclean lips. But there was a seraphim that touched him, and when he touched him, he could be clean. And I, I desire this morning we can be washed by the water of the Word, that we can be clean and cleansed because we've walked in the world, we've rubbed shoulders with the world, we, we've, we've heard things, and, and, and we get contaminated, and that's where we need a continual cleansing. And this morning we desire to be cleansed. Now, Ezekiel, he's lifted up into this place, he comes down, and you know, I, God in his great wisdom and his great pattern as he looked through the eons of time and, and, and he desired to have a people, he desired to be their God, he desired to be their king, and yet, you know, he would use men and he would use gifts to speak unto men and, and he would need a mediator that would, would actually be his voice to the people. And, and when the people came out of Egypt and, and in the first uh, exodus and they came out of Egypt, they came to the mountain, and we touched on this last week, they would come to the mountain and the fire and the, and, and the clouds and the lightnings and the thunders, and, and, and they said, oh, don't let, don't let God speak, let Moses speak. And God says, that's the way I'm going to do it from here on in. I'm going to speak through my prophet. Now, there, there can be, a, uh, in, 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 and so it was God who was speaking to his people. 
But he was speaking through a special built man. And that was through a prophetic office. And it could be easy to just look at that man as a man. It could be easy to humanize that man. It could be easy to say, well, I know where he grew up. I know how he's acted. I see his faults. I see his failures. But nonetheless, it was God speaking. It was nothing less than God speaking. And in this generation, we've had God speak to us again. And I think we need to honor that and reverence that and, and give our attention to that. Now, I don't want to be yelling. I'm sorry. I, somebody said to me the other day, he says, I was listening to you the other day and you were yelling as you were speaking and I'm, going, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, I couldn't help it. I had a good predecessor who, who, who did the same thing. So he's, he just stepped out because he knew I was going to say that. But anyway, <laughs> we don't yell but we're just passionate. And, and so forgive me if I, if I come across as condescending. That's not my goal this morning. But I, I, I want to take passion to what I'm doing. Now, so that was always God's intention to work through that channel. So here's Ezekiel. He's coming down with the Word of God. And, and he's going to speak to a people and God wants to speak to him, and he's using Ezekiel. And here he's got to speak to the people, and he, he says this in verse 6. Now, God knows the way the people are, and he says, And thou, son of man, don't be afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions, be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks. They be a rebellious house. Now, he's coming down with the word of God to the congregation that morning, and he's got to speak to them. And, and there was some that I, I don't think they were open-hearted. You know, I don't think they were lifting their hands and saying, Amen. I, if, I, if you could take the disposition of what Ezekiel was facing, there was a little bit of this. And, and he says, and God says, don't be dismayed at their looks. So, so sometimes you just got to put the blinders on or take your glasses off or one of the two. And, and just say, I, I can't look at what the reaction is because sometimes that's our flesh reacting. I, I've been in the flesh coming to some services and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not liking what I'm hearing because it's hitting me and it's not comfortable and it's not what I want to hear, but it's what I need. And I, I want it to be this morning what we need. And it's not, all, it's not all beat down. And I think the message, the voice that we've received, there's something that we were built to receive that. Uh, there, there's been very few times that I can say I'm listening to a message that I get angry with Brother Branham. I, I don't. In fact, I was an unbeliever. I was unsaved in my home. I, 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 I might, got, might have got upset at my parents, but thank God he put a little seed inside of me that when I heard that voice, even though I was unbelieved and my mom was playing those reel-to-reel -reel tapes, there was something in me I couldn't speak against it. Why? Because it was God speaking to us in this generation. And I think we need to have that reverence and that respect to it. This, this may be simple in its approach this morning, and, and I'm, I'm talking about uh, the prophet, and you think, well, Brother Ed, we know there's a prophet, you know, and all that, but I, I think we need to just 
buckle up a little tighter. I, I think we not, ought not to be casual with that word, but I think we need to honor it and reverence it and see where it came from. So he's telling them this, and he says, and whether they will speak, and, and thou you'll speak my words to them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are rebellious, but though thou, son of man, hear what I say, thou be not thou rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth. Now just watch. This is, this is 2,600 years before the coming, no, before this last day, 2,600 years ago. And he's going, open thy mouth and eat what I give you. Now, we've been told in this generation to also eat something. We need to eat a book. And when you eat something, it becomes a part of you. So it's not just, okay, I'm going to listen. I got it on the shelf. I'll pull it down. So much of the world we live in is our knowledge is based on our connecting device. You know, what's the weather like in Atlanta, Georgia today? Well, here, I'll tell you. You know, and we got everything at our disposal. But what has become a part of us? What is our fabric? So now the prophet was told, open your mouth and eat it. In verse 9. And when I looked, behold, a hand was sent upon me, and a roll of a book was therein, and he spread it before me, and he was written within and without. And there was written therein lamentations and mourning and woe, Drop right into chapter 3. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest, eat this roll, and go and speak to the house of Israel. So it wasn't that he was just, you know, you, you heard the phrase, don't shoot the messenger. Sometimes a postman comes, you know, and, 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 and he brings you a, a package, and it's not good news. Don't shoot him for it. He's just the messenger. So remember the source of where it came from and the news. And, and so likewise, you know, if, if he comes with, with bearing gifts, don't hug the messenger and, and esteem him higher than you ought to. Remember where it came from. I, I think we need to do that. There's such a propensity among us to humanize. Well, I may as well just get right to where I'm going to go. To humanize even the prophet. Oh, Brother Branham said, brother, you know, and if Brother Branham, he meant this when he said this. He meant, actually, he was a tool in the hand of God. He was a star in the hand of God that God sent out in this generation. It wasn't Brother Branham, the man. It was the Spirit of God in the man. And we need to recognize that. And sometimes we just go back, well, Brother Branham said, and we hide behind that. You know, the Elijah of this day is the Lord Jesus Christ. A direct quote. That was not William Branham. Yeah, he was the vessel, but the spirit that dominated him was of God. And he was yielded to it. And I'm a part of it. And you're a part of it. Now, Ezekiel, he's saying, eat this. It's a part of you. He says now, in verse, verse 1, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and go and speak to the house of Israel. I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that roll. 
And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound like a pattern that God had there that he's repeated in this last day? That's something that we're eating. Oh, I love the doctrine. I love it. But I hate when I got to work it out in my life. And it makes your belly bitter. So he, he would say, well, I, I, I don't want to read this whole chapter. I could, could read it all. But if I, if I can say, say this, and I, brother sent me a little link yesterday about um, they're playing the tape. Uh, um, thinking man's filter, and uh, and and I and I heard that and I thought, wow, that and, and I thought I've been wanting to listen. So I was out driving, doing. So I listened to Thinking Man's Filter yesterday, and I was listening a bit today again, and and I I just marvelled at how current that is, at how that message is just so so in particular. You know, and, 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 I, and, and, and Brother Brandon, if you remember the story, he's talking about how he's in the woods, and he comes across a cigarette pack. He doesn't pick it up, but he reads the slogan, thinking man's filter, smoking man's taste. But he adopts it, thinking man's filter, holy man's taste. And he talked about how this cigarette company had this gimmick, and they had this gimmick, how they would put a filter on the end of this, this nicotine, this tar, this tobacco that was there. And, and as you draw through the filter, you wouldn't draw the full effect of it. But yet you could still draw that which you were desiring. And he said it was a gimmick to cause people to buy more cigarettes. Because if there's a hunger in there for that, you're not going to be filled until you satisfy that hunger. And he would say, now, he said, that same thing exists even amongst believers. Now, let me say it, amongst the churches. Let me say it this way. And, well, I'll, I'll be honest. We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We came loving the things of the world, loving sin, loving those things. That was in there. But then there was something else in there, a little seed God placed, and it began to draw. And it said, and, and I, 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 oh my, I'm just going way ahead of where I want to go. But it was something in me that said, I'm not right with God. I need God. I need to be cleansed. I need to be saved from myself. And I, I desired God. And Lord, whatever it takes, I want you. Take me through your filter, Lord. And there was times when, you know, the filter started with wide penetrations. You know, and, you know if, if you're, if you're going to go fishing for minnows, you're not going to use the netting that comes from a basketball hoop. You're, you're, you're going to, you know, it's, it's like, it's got big things. And, well, I, I'm going to catch that. I'm just going to, everything will swim right through it. You know, so you, you got to have tight mesh netting. So when we first started, God would start by, by, by taking us through the filter. Maybe the first pass took some smoking off of us, took some drinking off of us, took some worldly habits off of us. 
But the filter, that wasn't enough because we still lusted for things. We still desired for things. So the netting actually had to get a little bit narrower. And the word continues to get sharper and narrower. It's increasing. It's God putting his finger on things. It's God that is doing this for our benefit. It's not for our destruction, but it's for our help. It's now you need to change your, 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 your habits. You need to stop spending on the wrong things. You need to start tithing. You need to start putting offerings in. You need to change your attitudes. Is the Word of God still working in you? It's working in me. I hear Him speaking to me. He's still changing. He's still working on me. Took Him, you know, the song goes, it took Him a a week to make the moon and the sun, but He's still working on me. That's why we're here this morning. We're being washed. We're being taken through His filter. We're taking all of these things. Now, I'm I'm just going to follow how the Lord is leading and you're pulling. Remember, you can pull what you have need of and God can speak to you this morning. Now, Brother Bannon would say this in the message. A man that's smoking, he loves cigarettes so well, his thinking faculties have become numbed with nicotine. I'll tell you, my, my wife and I, we went out for a walk and it's not the nicotine that you have to worry about anymore. It's this wacky tobacco and I'll tell you what that stuff just permeates and and you know they're saying that liquor sales are way down because that's way up and everywhere you go that smell is there and, and I'm going oh my and I'm we were we were passing by somebody that were it, you could you could tell it was coming and it was behind and they had this dog with them and this dog was hanging its head and I go I would be hanging my head if I was walking with them too I don't know how that dog can stand that stuff. I'll tell you. But we live in a world where we had a prime minister that grew up in that generation and said, hey, I liked it. It's the law. It's a big filter. It used to be against the law, but we've opened the netting a little bit more. You can do it if you want. God's not changed his filter. I thank, thank him for that. Now he says, a woman's desires have been so numbed her thinking faculties until she'll do things that's evil in the sight of the Lord because she wants to do it. It satisfies a worldly woman's taste. She takes a worldly church filter. So now the people start looking for their religious. They want to be right with God. They want something of God. But let me find a church that still satisfies the taste I have for fashion or the taste I ha- have for, for the way uh, I, I conduct myself or cut my hair or do things. And they'll find that church and they'll find it with a filter that's bigger. And they'll come to church and they'll do it. And Brother Branham calls it this. He says, their thinking has become numbed. There it is. He says, that's the truth. The pastor says, it's all right. We don't condemn. There it is. It's a theological filter because they have a theological taste. I'll tell you what. we, We live in a time where, we. I said, where's men of principle? Where is... Where is somebody that'll stand and call right, right, and wrong, wrong? I, I, I was telling my wife about it. I said, I came across a news article. Somebody auctioned off um, 
a piece of art, and it was invisible. And he started that he thought he might get six or seven thousand dollars for it. You know, he came up to this show, there was a platform, it was five by five, and there was nothing on it. He said, It's an invisible piece. And he says, it's got energy from it, and if you tap into the energy, it'll become a part of you, and you can have this, stat- this, this invisible thing. Well, he exceeded his bids. He, he got like 15,000 euros for this thing. I'm going, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I, I could have got that statue, and, 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 and I could have sold it to someone. I, I thought, man, like... The thinking of a people. They, and, 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 and what really got me in the whole article, he says, at the end, he goes, well, people will take a God, they imagine, so why can't I do this? And I thought, that's exactly it. Whatever the people want, the type of God they serve, the type of God they think, it, 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 that's exactly what they get. Oh, he's a good God. He lets anything through. He goes along with them. No, he cannot change. And a true prophet came in this day and said, if God had the God that, 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 that had fire and judgment rain on Sodom and Gomorrah lets this generation go, he can't be God. Because God is God and he changed not. He doesn't change his attitudes. And I, and I say this morning, Whatever God did in the beginning in your life, and you kicked out a TV, and you kicked out things, and you did these things, if God did that once, it's still his attitude today. It hasn't changed. But sometimes we change. Sometimes we are affected by the worldly thinking. We get numbed. Well, you know, there's other church members that do it. Listen, what does God think about it? That's what we need to look. That's the prophetic voice we've heard. Now, he said, the word cannot deny itself. He says, now, a thinking man's taste, a thinking man hears the word of God. My sheep hear my voice, a stranger they will not follow. Sometimes if you find yourself just getting a little lukewarm, just getting maybe a little soft in, in, your, in your attitude, I think you need to come to a place, and I need it. I need it. Anybody else here need it? I need it. And I say, you need to come to a place where God, give it to me straight. Don't let me think like the world around me. Because it's full of compromise. And Brother Branham would say, sin connects with sin. And sin is so hypocritical till it thinks it's saved when it isn't saved. It's the very depths of hypocrisy. Now, there's going to come a time when we all will have to come and give account. When I come, I don't want no trouble at the river that day. I want, I want a God that speaks to me straight, not to condemn me, but to help me. So a prophet is not just judgment, but a prophet is there also to take us out from judgment. A prophet is there to help us along the way. That's why I so appreciate the prophet's voice. 
You know, there's times we minister here, we've we got to call things out, but there's other times we've got to encourage. There's times we've got to pour in the salve. Say, Brother Ed, how come you're not preaching that this morning? Well, we're, we're trying to get there. There's a salve here. Then there's times that it's also, as, as Jesus said, when he, the Holy Ghost, will come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. Well, I'm thankful that there's also prophecy. That when things begin to come, by this shall you know, when this and this happens, then you'll know the time is there. there, there you know, and, and, and prophecy, this might not be where I get to completely today, prophe- prophecy is not easily discernible when it comes to pass. But God interprets his word by bringing it to pass. And, and so sometimes, you know, it, it's like the two disciples, they're on, on, on the road to uh, Emmaus, Luke chapter 24, they're, they're walking with Jesus. Now, he's already fulfilled prophecy, but they don't know it. And he's walking with them, and, and there's two of them, and a stranger joins them, and they said, are, are you a stranger here? And he says, you know, about the things that have happened in Jerusalem, what things? <laughs> I, I love it. He, he asks a question because he's trying to draw something out of them. It's in us if, God, if we open our heart to it. So he says, what things? Oh, well, we thought, he, we thought he would be the Messiah. We thought, you know, they're thinking, that's the problem, is, was in one way and God was interpreting it another way. We thought he was going to be a general. He was going to lead us out of Roman bondage. We thought it's going to be this. We thought all of these things. We thought this. We thought this. But here he had fulfilled his word, fulfilled scriptures. Now, I think... They, they said, they claim that Jesus fulfilled 61 scriptures. Now, somebody did a calculation sometime and said, to, for one man to fulfill eight scriptures is one in a trillion possibility. For somebody to fill 61, it's actually 13 times trillion, like exponential. So it's not 13 trillion, but it's trillion, 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 trillion. That's what they say. Now, who was watching over that? God was watching over that. And he watched over it when the prophets came. You know, they said, he'll, he'll, be come, out of, he'll come out of Bethlehem. He'll do this. He'll be called a Nazarene. He'll be this. He'll, and all these things. God was watching over it, but he was bringing it to pass. So prophecy is something that we're under. I'm so thankful. It was many years ago, I, I was traveling over to, to Germany, and it was still East Germany at the time, and I remember it was in 1983, and I was traveling there in May of 1983, and I traveled, and I went into East Germany, and I went across, you know, what they call the Brandenburg Gate, and, they, and I went across into that, and, it was, and, and there was all these security checks and everything. Six months later, that wall came down, people were crossing it, none of that existed anymore, and then... Somewhere along the way, there was a little quote in the message, and it says, if they ever give the eastern part of Berlin back, it puts us in the old circle of the Roman Empire again. And, and the whole world go, oh, that was good, it was a good thing. But it actually, all it did was open the door for Rome to come in in a greater way. Now that's prophecy, that's what we're under. Are you happy to have food this morning? Are you happy you can feed on something? It's not stagnant. It's moving. It's progressing. It's unfolding. I'm thankful for that. So it's not just clean up, get right. You know, there's, 
people come out of a holiness background, they love the message because the holiness. And they love it when you beat them down. They love it when you do that. But no thought to the bigger picture. This is God taking a people. By, I, okay, I'm not going to read any more on Ezekiel because I'm, I'm way beyond where I should have been with that. Let's, I'm, I'm going to skip a couple of verses, but let's go over to the book of Hosea. I'm just going to follow as God is making this real to me this morning. I had a number of different thoughts, and, and I could go many directions, but you pull. You're a part of the service. I trust you hear that. Hosea chapter 6. Now, Brother Branham would, would speak a message called Recognizing Your Day and Its Message. That was in 1964. Now, he also was recognizing his place, his role, what he was. And here, it was actually, I thought, man, if, every, if I could get a message out of that like he did. He said, all week, the devil fought him. He said, he, he, said he went to study and he got sleepy. I would get condemned if I got sleepy. And he says, he went and to do this, and then somebody knocked on the door, and then something happened. He says, and he said, the devil was fighting me. And then this morning, I caught a scripture, and he said, it astounded me. And he says, and God just opened something up, and he comes there to the pulpit that morning, and he preaches this. I mean, this is God opening things. So this is a scripture Brother Branham uses, Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. Are you here this morning? I, I don't want to be yelling. I, I, sometimes we want to establish and we want to appreciate what we're under and, 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 and give ear to it because everything's there to erode it. But let's, let's say, my mind is fixed. My heart is fixed. It, it's to hear one thing, one voice. There's only one voice that's going to make us ready. Hosea 6, verse 1. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn, he will heal us, he hath smitten, he will bind us up. And after two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Now, Brother Branham would take a lot of this and pertain it to the Jewish people, but he also brings it together in this last day for us. So now in verse 3, he says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. He shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain on the earth. Now, there's a teaching rain, and then there's a latter rain that brings a manifestation. So when, when the seeds were sown on the earth, there was different seeds under Billy Graham, under Oral Roberts, but there was also the gospel sown. And the messenger of this last day, he sowed the seeds of the entire Bible from Genesis. So these seeds were sown. But there must come a, manu uh, a manifesting. There's got to come a dynamics on the mechanics. We're, we're not just here to rehearse things and stand behind the prophet and, and, and just say it's all on Brother Branham. No, it's actually on us. It's on me. It's every one of us. We're called to be a part of it. O Ephraim, what shall I do to thee? O Judah, what shall I do to you? 
Uh, for your goodness is as the morning cloud and as the early dew it goes away. Verse 5. Therefore have I hewed them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. His judgments are the light that goes forth. I desired mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than their burnt offerings. Now, Brother Branham would, would, would speak here, and he uses these words out of verse 5. I have hewed them. I have hewed them. So hewed means to chop or to cut. Now, if, if, if you're going to, if you're a finishing carpenter, and you're going to um, cut some baseboard or casing or whatever it may be, you're not going to go to your tool chest and pull out an axe. Okay? You're going to use a tool that's appropriate. But a prophet came to a generation that, that was in the error of the ways. Both the priesthood and the people were in error. Everything was in error. This generation needed a prophet to cut them out, to hew them out. And it wasn't going to come out of a seminary. It wasn't going to come by somebody whose words were structured just like Joel Osteen. You know, and could you imagine if that was the prophet to the age? Uh, you know, you can be a better person. Just follow my seven steps. No, that's not what God used. God doesn't change his mind about his word. He's always used rugged men, men who are not in the, in the move of the day, but men that listen to God, men that would hear only what God said and say only what God said. And, and Brother Branham brings it to us this way in, in, in the message, and, and he, would, he would say this, Prophets didn't always understand what they were saying or they wouldn't have said it. Brother Branham, he, he himself says, sometimes you come across as a crank. He says, but if you could see it from where I just saw it. And I come down. And he would say, I love you. You're my darlings in the gospel. I'm not saying this to hurt you. I'm saying this to help you. And he would say, God spoke to prophets that were moved by the Holy Ghost. The prophet writer had to be in constant fellowship with the author. And whatever he said, he would put it down. Listen, Brother Man was talking about a prophet. The man had to have his mind set constantly on what God said. Not what man thought. Not what the age thought. Not what the church thought. Not what the kingdom thought. But what God thought. I, I, I think we still need to say what God says. There's a pressure that comes on us to, to, to just be more politically correct. And I say by the grace of God, we've always heard it straight in this church. Let's keep hearing it straight. Let it come the way God wants it to come. Let it come, Lord, in a way that's straight, but it also helps us. Are you with me on that? And he would say, so they defied kingdoms and church ages. 
They would walk up into the king's face and say, Thus saith the Lord, such and such is going to happen. But the prophets were bold. They were moved by the Holy Ghost. God needs men in this hour that are also bold. Men who will not compromise. Men who will, I was going to say, roll up your sleeves, but I'm not going to roll them up. So. But men who will preach the word and, and call it the word. Men who will not compromise because it's someone I know or it's my family or, or it's something. But I'll preach it straight. So in the message, recognizing your day, here's how Brother Branham says, that's how God does his people. He chops them out through the prophets. He chops them out from the rest of the nations. His word, his two-edged sword, he, his he has chopped the bride from denominations by his word. Now, I, I grew up in a home where I'd heard the message as a child. And, and our, we had some things, and I'm not using anything as an excuse, but I, I wasn't saved. I, I hadn't come to it. But when God started dealing with me, and, and it was, it was, and I knew it was God, and I knew this was the message, and I knew this was the voice. There, there, it, it, it made some big changes in my life. It, it, it changed my friends. It changed my associations. It changed reading material that I had in my bedroom. It changed what I looked on. It cut my attitudes from looking at the things of the world and the women of the world and, and the things that were out there. And I'll say this, under Luke 17 talks about the conditions of the time of Lot and the time of Noah. And in time of Lot, it was a Sodom and Gomorrah world. That's what he, he has come to do in this last day. In the days of Noah, it was marriage and giving in marriage and eating and drinking and carousing. I think if we're true Christians, we're not just settling into what the world has. And I sometimes worry that we lose our conviction. And, and, and Brother Bram says it's easy because you, you watch, we watch other people in the church sometimes and God blesses them and, and, and gives them a new car and say, I deserve a new car. And without consulting God. Or somebody who may not be in, in the right place, maybe God's saying, they're doing that, therefore I can do that. When we ought to take our cue from Him. When we ought to allow conviction to strike us. When we ought to not just toe the party line. But we ought to let conviction strike us into the depths and let everything come out of that. I, I feel sometimes I look at Laodicea and all its fineries. And, and you know, we, we get a little upset because this toaster burns the toast a little. I want a new toaster. Are we kidding ourselves sometimes? And I, and, I, and I go, I'm, I'm just, I don't know where that came from. But, and, and, or, you know, and we think, you know, I, I don't like this. It's just, just it's, it doesn't suit me. And I think, have we become so soft? And I say, what has that got to do with the gospel, Brother Ed? I said, it, sometimes it's God calling us just to focus on him, not on the comforts around us. Because it changes our, our approach to things. Sometimes you think, you know, we, we, we worry more about how our hair is aligned and, and, and coming to church or if our tie is straight. I'm saying that because I had to have my tie straightened this morning. 
and, 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 or we're worried about how we look to everybody instead of how we look to God. And I say, oh God, give us that, that good old-fashioned uh, consecration coming to church where I'm, I'm before God and I'm ready to hear. I, I want the Holy Ghost in our services. I want Him to be pleased. I want Him. Oh, Brother Ed, you're just, you're just doing it by works. No, I'm saying be open to God. He hewed them. He chopped them. If we came from a church background, He chewed, He, he, he chopped us from a Trinitarian baptism. He chopped us from what the church that we were, maybe our family went to for years. But he chopped us out. For what? So that we might be a people unto him. It took a prophet. It took God to do that. Separate yourself. What happens? All these years go by and, and you know, some of us that have grown up here, all we've ever known is Brother Branham. All we've ever known is that voice. That's what mom and dad, that's what I believe but I don't know if sometimes we've really recognized what God has done. And that the fact that you're born in this home, we ought to reverence that with all that's in us. And not just Brother Branham and, 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 and just say, yeah, I'm in the message and be, pay lip service to it. But to actually take it and embrace it. You know, Brother Branham has gone from being called in 19 as a minister to meeting an angel of the Lord and, and, and to, to the seals. And, this. and in 1964, he's just coming to this. He said, this astounded me. And, 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 and he goes on, he talks about Huey being hewed out and, and, and doing things. He says, I want to teach this this morning that you can know the very hour, the time, the sign and the message you are receiving. Uh, let, let me go a little further. He would, he would also say this, and, and, and he would, would, would go in the message, and, and, he, and he would say it this way. The Gentiles are called out. The bride is ready. The rapture is at hand. Can we realize that? Can we actually believe it? Is it a story that's been told? Is it a myth to us? And sometimes our actions are different than what we're confessing. Yeah, I believe it. And then we'll just go home and, and, and revert into the same thing. I, I'm not going to keep you here the whole service. But just, I, I, this is a little bit of searching. Just, just jump with me to, this is not in the, in the uh, notes, Ethan. This, go to Ezekiel 33. This will be in the same context as Ezekiel chapter 2. Now, we've had the message, we've heard the voice. Maybe it's not as effective as it used to be. I, I, I say it to myself, there's times I've been a little more casual about it than I should be. Maybe there's times I've actually let it just become a sound in the background. I, Brother Ed, okay, I'm just preaching to myself then. That's fine. I, I, I need it too. So, this is, this is Ezekiel 33. Let's turn to verse 29. Then shall they know that I am the Lord. Listen, I, I say all of this. Would you rather hear this today or would you rather wake up one morning? I thought Elijah was supposed to come. He has already come and the rapture is gone. 
Would you rather hear this today or then? Then shall they know that I am the Lord when I have laid the land most desolate because of all their abominations that they have committed. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of their houses. Now, they're talking against the prophet, against God's voice. And he says, how are they talking? Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that comes forth from the Lord. Hmm, that doesn't sound like they're talking against you. Okay, let's just finish reading. They're saying, yeah, come, hear the word of the Lord. And when they come unto thee, as the people that cometh, they sit before thee as my people. They hear your words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goes after their covetousness. They still love the things of the world. They still want their own agenda. They still want their own thing. And he says, verse 32, And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that has a pleasant voice. You know, just background noise. You know, I love the prophet. And you feel smug in it. Oh, just background noise. I love it. It's just back there. I'm in the message. But is it actually in you? Is it in me? Is it actually living itself out? And he says, you're a very lovely song. You can play well as an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not. And when this cometh to pass, lo, it will come. Then they shall know that a prophet has been among them. We have come to the same place in the message. Where it's, let's just put the prophet on. Let's just do that. I, uh, I wish I could preach what's on my heart today as a burden. And, and really say it. The one, and I, and I want to speak this to everyone. Not just to, to the seasoned believer. But to those that are coming up. And to those that are afar off. And, and I say, God sent us a message. God sent us a prophet. I don't know how many times lately, and, and Brother Mark, God bless you for your prayer. Where would we be without this message? Where would our thinking be? I'm convinced that without the Holy Ghost, you will go insane. Without the Holy Ghost, your thinking will not be right. You will not be able to see clearly. You'll not be able to follow what God has ordained for us. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm really all over the place with my notes, but I, I may come back to some of this at a certain time, but I, I want to just take for a moment the gift of a prophet. And, and this might seem very simple, but there, there's, there is, first of all, if I can say it, uh, the prophetic side of things, which is God speaking. You know, many times, even the psalmists in the Bible they were singing psalms. We didn't even know that was prophecy. We didn't know that was pertaining to Christ. They didn't know that. But it was because Christ is in every part of the Bible, in every verse, in every type, in everything. So, so there is diversities of prophecies. There's what the Bible calls the gift of prophecy. So it's a gift 
and it's one of the nine gifts that comes to a church. It falls on one, one service, maybe another one on another service. Maybe it falls on one person one time and never again. It's, it's a gift. It's a channel. It's a vein of prophecy. It's God working through the body. I want to be open to that. I want to be open to that. If, if God should choose to say something that we need, let God speak it. So that's the gift of prophecy. Then there's what we call the minor prophets. Out of this, you could even say, is the fivefold uh, ministry of Ephesians 4, verse 11, where there's prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists, and pastors. Those are all a part of it. Prophets are there. And out of that group, you could even find prophets like Agabus, who was not the main prophet to the age, but he was a prophet and even spoke to Paul. And Paul was the one in that age. And he would say, thus and thus will happen. This man that wears his girdle, there's things waiting him. And, 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 and he was correct. But he was not the one for the age. He was a prophet for that moment. And every, and the Bible says, the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophet. So there, there is an order of prophet after the order of Moses, which was in Deuteronomy 18, and it would say, the Lord your God will raise up a prophet like unto me, and it'll come to pass, everyone that doesn't hear this prophet, they'll bear the consequences of it. So Moses was a, a prophet like that, part of the Exodus. Another one that was a prophet like that was Elijah. Elijah was a prophet to Israel at a time when Ahab was in idolatry and when Israel had raised up groves of idolatry. And, and Brother Man would say, he was actually Jezebel's pastor, whether she liked it or not. That was the prophet to that age. There was others. There was John the Baptist, who was a greater prophet. He was more than a prophet. He was a dispensational prophet. Let me, let me slow down a bit. So there's gift of prophecy. There's minor prophets. There is word prophets. Let me, let me say it this way. In the time of Moses, there was Moses who had an anointing, who had the right approach, had seven altars, seven bullocks, had seven everything. But there was another prophet with the same anointing as Moses, Brother Branham would say it, who also did all the same fundamental things, and his name was Balaam. But he was not a word prophet. He was not the one. He was, he was impersonating it, but he wasn't the real prophet. So, so there was word prophets, and then there's dispensational. There's son of man. Now, I, I won't have time to get into this, but if, if you have a chance between now and Wednesday, read the book of Malachi. And it talks about the messenger of the covenant that would come. But I, I want you to take for a moment, and, and Brother Branham actually goes a step further. He says, a New Testament prophet is a minister, is a preacher. And, and that's a, a spirit within the local church. There's no higher order. That's God's order. And God doesn't change his way of doing things. And all of these gifts are there to keep the church clean. It's there to keep us in line. It's to train us. It's to condition us. It, it's to forewarn us. It, it's, you know, a spirit rises up in the church. The prophet, 
the, the cleansing, that gift needs to be there to keep us where we need to be. Now, I want to just go back for a moment because everything God does is in an ascending order. God doesn't do anything um, uh, by chance. If you actually take all of creation in Genesis, he would start with, with the earth, and he would start with the heavens, and then he would start with, with botany life. He was always moving higher, always escalating. God's always doing that. So even in the Bible, everything is with purpose. Everything is designed in a certain way. Now, a prophet was always there, and, and now God takes Elijah, and he takes that rugged outdoorsman, that man that just stomps into the court of Ahab and says, Thus saith the Lord, there'll be no root dew nor rain unless I call for it. He had the word of the Lord. And God liked that so much, he said, I'm going to use that spirit again. In fact, I'm going to use it five times. But every time he used it, it went on a higher order. Now, I'm, I'm saying this because we can just put Brother Branham in a class and say, yeah, that was there. No, this was a higher order of Elijah. So the first Elijah that came, here he was. He comes and he does four miracles in his ministry as a vindication of who he is. And yet, he's, he's taken off the scene, and right behind him comes Elisha. And Elisha now is on another order, a double portion of the Spirit. He has eight miracles that follow his ministry. So God had Elijah, Elisha, and it was a pattern that God was using. Now God said, I need that pattern so much. And you know, he would come down to the the New Testament, this is why I'm asking you to read the book of Malachi. The last prophet of the Old Testament was Malachi. And we're all acquainted with Malachi 4, verse 5 and 6. But there's more to the time of Malachi. That's why I want you to read it. But now he says, I'm going to use that 400-year gap. Now I'm going to fulfill the spirit of Elijah. It's going to fall on somebody named John. And John is going to be there with the spirit of Elijah... And he's going to be cut from the same cloth. He's going to work the same way. And he's, he's not just in the nature of Elijah and Elisha, but now he's a dispensational prophet, a higher order than the other ones. He is making the way for the, the Messiah himself. Listen, i, I got to use a scripture to go with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. Is this okay this morning? I didn't expect anybody to say no, and if you were, feel free to say it. The deacons will see you after. No, it's not just Matthew chapter 11. I, I want you just to look at this for a moment. Now, this is before, and I, I, I'll likely get into John maybe more in another service, but he says, Verse 1, and it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison, he was in prison, the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples. Now, this is where his eagle eye got filmed over. And he said unto him, are you he that should come or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John the things which you do hear and see, 
The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he whomsoever shall not be offended in me. And they departed, and Jesus said unto the multitudes concerning John. Now, here's John. He's kind of in a bit of amnesia state, and he comes to Jesus. Now, Jesus didn't rebuke him, because the nature of Elijah, the first Elijah, was he felt like he was the only one. He was, it was, he was brought up to a level, but he kind of fell back on his nature. But here, Jesus turns around and he goes, now listen to how he answers this. Verse 7. What went you into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? What went you out to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What went you out to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, more than a prophet. This was a dispensational messenger. And he says, For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women has not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you will receive it, this is Elias, which was which was forth to come. So he says, which was forth to come. Now you, you can pick this up in Matthew 17. I won't go there. But look at this. This dispensation of Elijah, there was no miracles. It was just a message. Isaiah chapter 40. The high places will be brought low. The low places brought high. You know, and, the, and they didn't even know Scripture was being fulfilled. But it was... God tearing down the strongholds. This last day, a man comes up and says, good evening, friends. And he just speaks softly and, God bless you. It's nice to be with you here today. And then as he's preaching and he's under there and, then, and the anointing comes, oh, Laodicea, oh, Capernaum. He gets under that anointing again. What is it? Preparing the way of the Lord again. It is not just a prophet like the prophets of old. Brother Branham even says, because he himself in standing in the gap, he says, I'll just be like those prophets of old. I'll just go and I'll just hide in the wilderness and God gives me a message, come. And, and God has to tell him, you're not like those prophets. You're at a higher level than those prophets. John the Baptist, no miracles, but a message. This Elijah, miracles, vindications, time and time again, and a message to follow it. I say unto you, we have received more than a prophet. This is the last one to the Gentiles. Don't belittle him. Don't speak against him. Don't say, ah, the prophet, he's a nice voice. And then do different. Give adherence to it. Do your due diligence. My. While I'm here, I'm just going to go here. 
Let's go to Mark chapter 6. I trust you'll appreciate what we have. I'll tell you what, every spirit in hell is against this message. And they don't just sit out there in denominations. They come here. They come in our minds, in our thinking. They come amongst men who follow the message. And Brother Branham talks about there's a pattern. He lays it out in the church age book. There's a pattern. A prophet comes out, speaks the word. All those that are faithfully taught, they go out, they hear the same message. But over time, there are some that, that they, they're, you know, those that are faithfully taught. But then there's some They take away a little here, they add a little here, and the message is no longer pure. Does that give you a right to say, well, I'm just going to go hide in my cave? No, it doesn't. And, and, And sometimes, you know, Brother, I'm going to talk, why are there the wrecks of ministers along the way? They didn't go into it right. They looked for a sign, they looked for a springboard, they looked for something else. I say, Thinking man's filter, go to Numbers chapter 19, waters of separation. The word needs to be handled by clean hands. Clean and void of our own thinking. Not my thinking, not a minister's thinking, but a God's thinking. To be, not to have our own agenda, not to have our own desires, not, not to mix it, but to allow God to minister it and help it, help us with it. We need to pray for that. Mark chapter 6, you're all there and I'm not there. And he went from thence and he came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished from whence hath this man these things. What wisdom is this given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. So here he is in his own country, his disciples following him. And there's those that are around him and say, wow, what wisdom. How do these miracles happen? How's all this happening around us? And then their next thought, hmm, is this not just the carpenter, the son of Mary? What are they doing? They're humanizing. They're not giving reverence to God's gift. The son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph, Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters with us? And they were offended at him. I I will say, God, if there's one thing in my heart, let me, the true evidence of the Holy Ghost, let me receive every word that you have ordained to be sent to this generation for my purification, for my cleansing. Whatever I need to be chopped from me, chop it from me. And after it's been chopped, pour in the salve. After it's that, refine it, sand it, do, polish it, make it what it needs to be. But let me be yours, Lord. It took a prophetic gift. Listen, it's not, even around the message, it gets to be like, just do this, just do this. Sometimes we need to just say, get right with God. Hear the message. Don't just play it. Hear it. Do it. And Jesus said unto him, verse 4, A prophet is not with honor, honor except in his own country, among his own kin, in his own house. 
And he could do there no mighty work, save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. Now, not all that follow the message is message. I'm going to go, this, this may be a scripture that just that takes it. I didn't give you this one, Ethan, but, but turn to 1 Samuel 16. Now, Samuel was a prophet of God. Samuel was raised up by God where there was the priesthood. There was Eli. Eli had gotten old. He didn't have the, the oversight. He didn't have what, what was there. His, his sons were, were guilty. They were in the priesthood, and they were doing things. And then out of the midst of that, God raises Samuel. And Samuel raises up, and now Samuel's got the word of the Lord. He was honest before Israel. He, you know, they wanted a king in, in, in oh, sorry, 1 Samuel 8. I'm sorry, I gave you 16. 1 Samuel 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. So now, now here is Samuel. He's coming up. And, and now this is when Israel desires a king. They desired something different. Look at the conditions that were there at that moment. Now God can never change his mind about his word. And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. And the name of his firstborn was Joel, the name of his second Ahiah, and they were judges in Beersheba. And now Samuel's sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Samuel's sons. And when the people of Israel saw that, Verse 4, all the elders of Israel gathered themselves. They came to Samuel and to Roma and said, Behold, you're old, and your sons don't walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like the nations. Now, God never changes his mind about his word. And just because his sons weren't doing the right thing. The word came through the prophet and God could not change his mind. And the situation that was there, God said, oh yeah, you know, you're right. I, your sons aren't behaving. Let, let me change my mind and go, no, God's never changed his mind. And you could say the same thing in this last day. Well, you know, there's so many false things following the message. You know, and such and such. Therefore, I'm justified in not doing what God said in his message. No, you're not. God said, you follow me, follow the tape teaching. I, I, listen, there's people that have pulled away because of men that have taken things. But I say this, we still have to give account, not for the faults, but for what we do with the word. I have to give an account. Well, there's hypocrites at church. There's hypocrites at Superstore. Does that stop you from going there? No, you've got to follow what God said. And they say, well, the fivefold ministry has failed. I'm just going to listen to tapes. There's an example here. Does that allow us to just do what we want to do? I listen to tapes every day if I can help it. But it doesn't stop me from fulfilling what God said in His Word. Look, listen, greater... I received a little blurb yesterday, and it was, this is what you got to do. The tape teaching is for us. If you don't listen to it, it's for some, it's, you're not a part of it. I'm not going to put somebody in, and I'm not going to put somebody out. 
Let God vindicate his word. Brother Branham will talk about it, and he'll say it this way. And, and, and actually, he will, he will go on and, 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 oh my, where did I? I had it here in a place, but he will say, the prophet of this day is the Holy Spirit. It's not William Branham. I'm not going to be able to read all the quotes because our time's running out. He actually says, this is not William Branham, a young minister anymore. What will you do with this gift that has been given to you? Sometimes we take our own interpretation and we say, well, I, you know, this is what he meant. No, I, I want to lay in the presence of the Son, Lord, speak to me. There was years ago somebody was telling me, this is the church you got to go to. Look at how it's blessed. Look at the people that are coming. Look at this. When are you moving here? And I'm going, well, God never told me to leave here. And it wasn't but a few turns of the sun. It was no longer what they made it out to be. And I say this, obey God. Hear his voice. Hear his prophets. Be established and you shall prosper. I, I believe we've been given a prophetic gift for a purpose. I, I appreciate what Brother Branham came to. I, I'm, I'm really run out of time today. This is a higher order of Elijah. Look at, let's look at John for a minute. John chapter 3. John chapter 3, if you will. Nobody's roaring and, and shouting, but I trust the word is, is being ingrained in you. John chapter 3. Let's just turn to verse 25. And there arose a question between some of Jesus, John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. They came to John. They said, Rabbi, he that came with thee beyond Jordan to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You, bear, you yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that has the bride is the bridegroom. Now look at where John is identifying himself and his desires. He didn't say, look at me, I'm the prophet. I'm the one that's got it all. No, he recognized, I feel a part of a program. I feel a part of the kingdom of God. Now I defer to the one that I was sent to make the way for. I am not the Christ, but I'm sent before him. He that has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, my joy is fulfilled. He must increase, I must decrease. I, I will say that the days of Kingdom building are over. About using the message to establish your own following. I will say, that is not what we are here for. We are here for one purpose, that is to allow God to have first place. Now, if, if I can take it for a moment like Brother Branham would say it, and he, and he says it in a really good way, and I want to, and, and I'm not sure where I put it now here. Here, I think I've got it here. Okay, this is where I've got it. Just stay with me for a moment. This is Brother Branham talking. 
in a resume of the ages, church age book. Not for one moment do I bring a message to the people that they may follow me or join my church or start some fellowship or organization. I have never done that and I will not do that now. I love the purity of the messenger of God. I have no interest in those things, but I have interest in one thing, the things of God and people, and to accomplish one thing I will be satisfied, that is to see established a true spiritual relationship between God and men, whereby men become new creations in Christ, filled with His Spirit, and live according to the Word. I have both hands up, and I echo that amen times a thousand. Now, Brother Branham says, and, I, and, and you can listen to the message, discerning of spirits, but this is in Satan's Eden. He says, the thing of it is today, we don't try to establish the Word of God in the people's hearts. We're trying to establish ourselves. You know, men got this problem. They want control over things. I... I, I, I is a big disease in this last time. I, my, I. I'm sick of that. I want to have him. Lord, you rule and reign. I'm a part of what you're doing. I'm serving you. I'm serving your people. It's not me. Uh, you know, and Brother Brandon, you know, he'll make balance to it. Somebody has to be the boss around here. Somebody has a role to fulfill. But he doesn't try to make it himself. He said, we are too often trying to establish ourselves. Churches are trying to establish the doctrine of a church in a person's heart. Laodicean churches, Brother Bam says, these prophets bind the people to themselves by fear. If you don't come to this church, you're lost. If you don't come through me, you don't have it. No, never was it that. God wants a relationship between you and Him, not between the minister, etc. The minister is a part of that. The prophet is a part of that. But the relationship is between you and Him. We are commanded to establish the Word of God. Paul said, I didn't come with enticing... I'm, I'm winding down with this, so stay with me. I, I didn't come with enticing words of men that your faith might rest in the knowledge of men, but I came to you in power than the manifestations of the Holy Ghost... You might rest in God. There you are. Now he says it again. Same message. Satan's Eden. Men mustn't establish themselves. Let God do something for a person. Send them out and you find every man trying to impersonate that. They're trying to establish themselves. I did this. Me. I. Mine. My denomination. Establishing themselves. And it happens around the message. And I say, I, I apply this to myself, and I also apply it when I watch what's going on. And now, I, I'm, that doesn't give me a right to say, I'll do my own thing. No, I'll follow you, Lord, with everything I know to be true. I'll give myself to this word. I'll be a part of the body. I'll be a part of the solution. I'll be a part. I'll be finding doing what I'm supposed to do. But I don't identify with those things. And he would go on to say, listen, this is... This is what religious spirits do. Religious spirits, this is how they work. They don't want to be examined. So they'll point out something in somebody else and hold it over them. You have a right. 
as a son and daughter of God, to examine what you hear here. You have a right to examine every man that comes proclaiming this message. And you examine him by the word that you've been given. And if something's wrong, it's your duty to come and say it. And if it's wrong, I want to be corrected. That's where I stand this morning. He says, what are we preaching about? Ourselves? Musicians, you can come, please. Establish the word of God. Take out unbelief. Establish the kingdom of God in a man's heart. The kingdom of God not, cannot be established in a man's heart unless God made the man this. He said, there's a way that seems right to man. Every intellectual being seems right. Let's be eunuchs before God. Paul would talk, let no man beguile you of your reward and of voluntary humility, humility, humility and worshiping of angels. He would also say in Galatians, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross. If I preach it hard, i got to take an account for it. i got to line up to it. I've got to take it myself. And, and it's sometimes harder to preach something when I feel like I'm not living it to where I should be. But I say, Lord, I need it. And I want to take it the way you brought it in this generation. Hewed out, chopped out. There's, there's more to this that I didn't get to today. But I trust that you would appreciate God, what he has sent us. From before the foundation of the world, he had it in mind when Moses came. He had it in mind when Elijah and Elisha came. He had it in mind when John came, knowing there would be an Elijah in this last day, knowing it would be God in that vessel, and he would come in one place, and he says, I am God's voice to you. And he says, I didn't say that of myself. He told me to say it, in case you're offended. And then he says in another place, he's preaching in the middle of pre preaching, and all of a sudden, Brother Branham's voice changes. He says, this is not William Branham. This is the Lord God speaking. William Branham has nothing to do with this. I, he is in my hands. I'll tell you what, this was not, and you find people that are trying to tear down and chip away and do these things only in this last day. There's a spirit that follows it. They're trying to diminish what God has done. I say this, I want to lift it up. I want to put it up a little higher. I want to say, this is what we need. This is what this church needs. This is what our young people need. Stand together with me, if you will. Well, I think I yelled more than I thought I would. I turned the page here, and I got all mixed up because I found a chicken tatrazzini recipe. And then I realized this morning, when I was in prayer... I had gone to the kitchen table and there was a piece of paper and a pen and I wrote on the back of it, but the front of it was a chicken tetrazzini recipe. So honey, I'll, I'll print you a new one after. <laughs> oh, how many love the Lord? How many love His Word? How many are glad to be under the sound of this gospel? I'm walking down the King's Highway or whatever that, however we sing that, man. The King's Highway. Oh, my way gets brighter, my load gets lighter, we're walking up the King's Highway. There's joy in knowing 
With him I am going, we're walking up the King's Highway. Oh, it's a highway to heaven. Oh, none can walk up there. Oh, but the pure in heart. It's a highway to heaven. I'm walking up the King's Highway. And don't have to worry, you don't have to hurry, we're walking up the King's Highway. For Christ walks beside me, angels to guide me, oh, walking up the King's Highway. Oh, it's a highway to heaven. Oh, none can walk up there. Oh, but the pure in heart. It's a highway to heaven. I'm walking up the King's Highway. Well, if you're not walking, then start while I'm talking, walking up the King's Highway. And there'll be a blessing you'll be possessing, walking up the King's Highway. Oh, it's a highway to heaven. Oh, none can walk up there but the pure in heart. It's a highway to heaven. I'm walking up the King's Highway. I can be cleansed. Everything that comes, you know, the spirits that are around. Brother Bannon would say, Christ the mystery. Luther was a man of God. He had a move of God, but what followed him? Fallen angels. Mm-hmm. Fallen angels, they follow every move of God. They come in this last day. No. Satan actually tries to take this message mm-hmm. and he tries to exalt the knowledge right. of the mystery more than the revelation. No. I'm so glad oh, when I heard this voice, I knew it was a different voice. I didn't have to look at the vindications. I didn't have to check the facts on the bridge or the cloud or the boy in Finland. I didn't go checking all those things, just like I didn't go to the Red Sea and check if Pharaoh's horsemen were under there. I just believed. Why? It was in my heart to believe. And as I believed, I started to come under the filter of God's Word. And as it changed my desires, it changed me from worldly thinking. Why? Because greater was that desire within. Oh, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so glad, beyond the curtain of time, millions, as Brother Branham would say, he'd have to be judged. I speak, spoke every word Paul preached. And they millions screamed, we're resting on that. Can I explain everything? No. Do I do everything right? No. But I know one thing. This is God speaking to us in this message. And I stand there. And I said, like Joshua said, I and my house, 
We've committed to serve God. That's, that's where we're at. That's where I'm at. I, I, I know nowhere else to go. The Elijah of this day, it's on a higher level. There's more I wanted to get to. We'll, we'll come to it. I think we need to sing about that. Behold, he comes. These are the days of Elijah Declaring the word of the Lord And these are the days of your servant Moses' righteousness being restored And though these are days of great trials Of famine and darkness and sorrow Still we are the voice in the desert Crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord Behold, He comes, He's riding on the cloud Shining like the sun 